Good afternoon, everybody. This is podcast number two. Maybe that's the first one you're listening to, but just in case you missed that first one, uh, welcome back to the uh, other iteration, the resurrection of the Restoration Church Life podcast. And uh, yeah, here we go. So, so we want to talk about it's the beginning of the year, y'all. So we're here with Catherine and Joey again. And uh, it's the beginning of the year. A lot of people kind of thinking about resolutions, things like that. Uh, they kind of look back over the past year, 2019, and they think, yeah, I kind of slipped a little bit there, there, whatever it could be. Um, and so they're thinking about kind of getting in better habits. So first off, I just want to, I just want to strongly affirm that set good habits. Don't just try to do stuff. Create habits, whole, healthy, holy habits. And today we're going to talk about developing uh, the habits of the spiritual disciplines. In particular, we're going to talk about three. And just to kind of get us going on thinking about spiritual disciplines, Dallas Willard in his book, The Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, I think that's what it's called. Is that right? I don't know. I've not read it. Oh, really? <laughs> Interesting. I've read uh, Donna Whitney's. Whitney. Sorry. That's the one I meant. Oh, uh, okay. Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. 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 That's uh, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Yeah, yeah. That one. He starts off uh, the book this way. He says, imagine there's this guy named Kevin, and Kevin is playing in the back room trying to learn guitar. And he's having a hard time. It's difficult, and he doesn't want to do it. And his mom's telling him to practice. He doesn't want to practice. But then he magically goes forward in time some 10 years, and he goes to this beautiful concert, and he hears this guy playing a guitar, and it's gorgeous, and it's beautiful, and it's intoxicating. And he realizes that that's him 10 years later. And so he sees that's what he's going to become. So then he kind of goes back in time to where he is, back in the back bedroom, and now he has a vision for his future life, future self, that motivates him to continue picking and learning the guitar. That's what spiritual disciplines, that's what Willard does at the beginning of his book on spiritual disciplines. That's Whitney. What, Whitney, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Donald Whitney's trying to, that's how he starts his book on spiritual disciplines. That's what disciplines are trying to do. And he lists out, I don't know how many it is, 15 or so disciplines. We're only going to talk about three. I would argue the three most important. Would you agree? Faith, or sorry, Bible, in Bible in, prayer out, community, discipleship. Those are kind of the, I think of them sort of like the rice and beans of the Christian life. I've got to have those three things. They are certainly the foundation. Yeah. All that we do. And so, uh, Joey, any words on why, uh, why in particular, why we need these, dis- why do we need these disciplines? Why can't we just show up to church? Which, of course, in itself is a discipline. Why can't we just show up to church and just that be enough? So God has prescribed ways, means by which we enjoy him. So, And he has laid out one of, some of the ways that we enjoy him is through the word, through the prayer, through community, through fasting, through these other things. And so if we want to enjoy God, God has told us how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important thing is remember these are not an end in themselves – so they're not the way we earn anything from God, but they are disciplines. They are means of grace by which we enjoy God. And so Paul writes in the book of Timothy, he says, While bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds, pres- holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God, mm-hmm. and so I think that's the 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 beauty is that it reminds us our hope is set on the living God. But it's hard work. We toil and we strive, yeah. and so that's what these means of grace help us do. So all of us are in a way iPhones, right? We're phones, 
and we have we don't lose our battery, right? We don't lose our energy like a phone does, and namely that Christ is in us, right? He stays in us. However, just like an iPhone, our power, our battery life can go down. And so we have to go to the wall and plug the phone in to get charged back up so as to continue using that phone. So in the same way, Christ is in us. He's always in us. However, we can kind of, uh, through the difficulties of life, through the distractions of life, we need to kind of go and plug in. And there's all these different disciplines that help us plug in and recharge in Christ. And so one of the most important ones uh, in which we do that is the Word of God. So why would we start there? the word it's where all things start yeah. in the beginning god said yep uh, it's it's the way god creates life it's the way he creates new life in us it's the way he sustains life in us it's the way we know god so we have a specific clear revelation of who god is what he has done and what he is doing all through the person of christ and the only way we see Christ with eyes of faith is through the word, as the spirit takes it and applies it to our lives. And so if we want to know Jesus, which is to know God, we have to go to God's word where he has told us what he's like, what he's doing, who he is. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the words of Christ. Right? Jesus says, sanctify them in the truth. John seventeen seventeen. your word. How is it we get sanctified? Your word is truth. So as we think about the word and disciplines, uh, Nathan, what is one of the benefits and one of the dangers of saying, I'm going to, I'm going to give myself to the word. I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the Bible this year. That's my discipline. I'm going to read it this year. Yeah. So I'm not a huge fan of that. Uh, I'm not opposed to it. I've done it. I'm for it. I did it last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. But I, my concern is I've, I've run into this so many times where I've met up with guys and gals that they tried to give themselves to reading the Bible in a year. It becomes more information acquisition than it does spiritual transformation. And so, in other words, it's more just this act of doing it. You know, uh, Donald Whitney, again, talks about in his book, uh, Will, sorry, Dallas Withered. Man. No, it, you got, it's I got Whitney. This one right. All right. Whitney said that uh, they sound so similar. Yes. Uh, he says it's sort of like, you know, when we think about just reading the Bible just to get the information, it's like water traveling through a pipe. Like it's not actually doing anything. And so I'm a big fan of reading less and seeing more. So uh, a lot of people that I talk to in our church, they're, they have busy lives. They have small children. They have busy jobs. they got to get off to, to, to work in the morning, and so they got to get there in advance of all the traffic. And so they say, I'm too busy. you know. And so what I want to say to them is, like, listen, don't be as focused on reading three chapters or even one chapter. You have to read. If you're going to plug in and be charged in Christ, you've got to get the word in on you because other words are going to get in on you that day. And if you love Jesus, the word of God has got to get in on you. And so even if it means just reading a sentence and taking the time to understand what it's saying, that's the information part. And then secondly, from that, get the big idea and then letting that uh, meditate or stew on our souls so that we would then treasure Christ. That's the, that's the reading less and seeing more. All right, so Catherine, as we think about the Word and giving ourselves to this habit of grace, the way we enjoy God, what would be some things that you would want to, to compel our church, share with our church, help our church understand in terms of the spiritual discipline? Yeah, I think for me, I I hear what you're saying, Nathan, and I'm for it, but I, I will tend to do, like every other year, breadth versus depth. 
Because I do mm-hmm. think, especially, like, you're super familiar with the Bible. But uh, uh, when I came to Restoration, I hadn't even read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. for me, it was really important to make my way. It didn't have to be in a year, but mm-hmm. to slowly mm-hmm. go through. Yeah, and that helped me see. And so one thing I would ask to t- kind of stop it from being just trying to acquire knowledge is, what did I learn about God's character mm-hmm. when, from this passage? Whatever it was. If I only had time for one question, mm-hmm. um, that was what I, what I would ask myself so I could start to meditate on, oh, I saw God's justice. That was a really confusing passage. But I see that he's, try- he's being just in this, mm-hmm. in this situation. So um, – I, I like to alternate one year breadth, and then the next year I will do some deep dives. So this year I'm going to try to study Genesis. I'll pick a book that I haven't spent a ton of time in. Um, and this I feel like I went with a little bit of a difficult choice this year, but then it gives you a chance to kind of just spend a little bit more time. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to read one chapter. I'm going to read one sentence and just kind of pause and really understand mm-hmm. what's going on here. Any reflect. practices, Joe, you have when it comes to the Word that you would commend? So uh, I think well, let's do prayer first because I think a lot of things I'm going to say in terms of my practice are going to are going to hit word and prayer because they're so close together. But to that point, I do think one what you just heard is Nathan's like don't read the Bible and kind of like read the Bible, uh, <laughs> uh, breadth versus depth. But just understanding there's not one way that fits one person for every season. It's different throughout, and so just being aware of that. And that's not an excuse not to do anything, but it's, an, it's, it's, it's hopefully it's an opportunity to find something that fits your rhythm of life. So you can't grow in godliness without consuming the word. So the point that we're trying to make is, is you've got to make a daily habit of consuming the word. And, and let me just add to this briefly before we move on to prayer. Make the gathering of the church a priority for your life. I like to think of the church as sort of the, the big family meal. But like one big Thanksgiving meal is good, but it can't sustain you throughout the life of the uh, of the week. And so, therefore, make the gathering of the church a priority. That's where you're getting a big meal, but you're going to need to create holy habits throughout the week to consume that word. And and before you go to sleep tonight, beloved, you're listening to this. If you don't have a plan, create one now before you go to sleep because a lot of people get stuck because they wait up and they don't know what to do when they wake up. And so they just hit snooze and keep sleeping. So create a plan, whether it's Genesis, whether it's the whole Bible, whether it's the book of Romans, or to do like I've been doing. I've just been reading the book that I'm, uh, the passage that I'm going to preach on that Sunday. Mm-hmm. I read that little tiny passage every single day, meditate on it, think about it. And before I go to sleep tonight, this is a true story, when I literally get in the bed, I try to remember just for a half second what was it I read this morning. And I call it to mind and then I go to sleep. Yep. So if you're looking for a plan, rcdc.church slash Bible reading or rcdc.church slash Luke. Or just come and talk to me or Catherine or Joey. Uh, there you go. I'll be happy to talk to you. All right, so let's move now to prayer. So so Bible, I like to say that when we're reading the inf- not just the information, we move from head down to heart, meditating it. For me, I, I find that it fuels my prayer life. It moves me. And if it's just information, I'm often not warm to pray. But if I take a moment, just to, it doesn't even have to be long, just a minute. Just let it sink into my heart. And I something about this, I... That passage, that idea, I treasure God, treasure Jesus, that fuels me into prayer. So, Joey or Catherine, how would you define prayer, first off? Prayer is answering God, speaking mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've said often, prayer is the privilege of the gospel that we're communing with our Heavenly Father. And why would we say, we say a lot at Restoration Church, it's a privilege. So wh- why is it a privilege? Why is it such a privilege? Because the gospel takes God as a distant judge, and through the work of Christ, 
makes him a devoted father to whom we commune with through the Spirit. So it's not primarily an obligation, though it is an obligation. It's a privilege to talk to the Father. We say at Restoration Church, God is the gospel, right? The good news of the gospel is that we get God, and prayer is the way that we function in that great privilege of getting getting to talk to him. Tim Keller says, can you imagine waking up the king or the queen at 2 a.m. in the morning and and talking to him? We would, oh my goodness, they wouldn't do that. Uh, But Keller says, but that's the privilege we have. That's the access we have to God. And just look at the life of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's what he did. He prayed. And and God is sovereign over all things, but he's also ordained things to come about through means. And one of those means is prayers. Go read Isaiah 37, 20. And he tells Hezekiah, because you prayed to me. And he goes on. So I think God uses our prayers to accomplish his purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. So we've said prayer. God gets the first word. Prayer, you know, I, I love what you just said there. It's Eugene Peterson is one of my favorite books on prayer. Prayer is answering God. So God, I oftentimes pray a short prayer. This is how I normally start my devotions. I'll, Lord, help me to see what you want me to see. Help me to respond to your word today. And then I jump right in. And then I spend time in the word. And then that fuels my prayer. So, Catherine, when you think about prayer, what kinds of things might you want to encourage our folks? Yeah, I think I, too, will pray in that way because then I'm able to, like you're saying, be be more warm and be able to praise the Lord more in my prayers, which helps me just start mm-hmm. in, a, in a better space. But I think a couple of things I found helpful just to keep focused, I will often write my prayers or I will say them out loud. I'll go on a walk, mm-hmm. maybe in like a place where there's not going to be a ton of people around so I can say them out loud while I'm walking. Mm-hmm. I think all those things help me just to focus. And this might be... Jumping in a little bit with the next one, but I'm going to go for it. It's pray with others. Mm-hmm. I think like when you meet up with people and you ask them, how can I be praying for you? Instead of saying, okay, great, I'll pray for you. Pray for them then. Can I Can I pray for you now? And and then that way you're able to, to be praying more regularly with other people. Or I know there's a group of ladies up in Friendship Heights where they're like, we need accountability for praying for non-believers. Mm-hmm. We're going to meet up for 30 minutes before work every week or every other week, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so just having that accountability to me, I will regularly meet with other ladies to pray for the ladies of Restoration Church because it helps me because then I'm able just to to have that accountability to go to the Lord on behalf of the other ladies. So pray with other people, pray out loud, write it down, those kinds of things. Yeah, uh, and, and let me take one step back, Joey. Can you share with, uh, with our listeners the various aspects of prayer? Yeah, that's one of the most simple and historic ways – to break out prayer is by the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. So A is adoration, uh, praising God, not just for what he's done. That's good. But we need to praise God for who he is mm-hmm. because before he did anything, he was worthy to be praised. Mm-hmm. So ACTS, uh, uh, adoration, confession, so confessing our sins and repenting of our sins, asking the Spirit to reveal areas where we are rebellious. Try to be specific. That's right. Um so adoration, confession, thanksgiving, thanking God for his good gifts. I mean, my goodness, how many good gifts do we have from a good God? Mm-hmm. And then supplication, that's the asking. And supplication, I like to think of it as in concentric circles. So supplication personally, supplication familially, sup- supplication church or corporately, and then supplication to the neighbors and to the nations. Mm-hmm. And so kind of moving inward out to make sure my prayers are not just centered on me each time I pray. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And one I've heard um, recently in light of Mark Vrograp's book on lament, 
to add that into the acronym somehow. It doesn't really fit in there with the L, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, with the, in addition to acts, add the L of lament of, you know, there's plenty of stuff we see in the news and things like that. Just sp- spending time praying about that. Yeah. And if you pay attention to the prayers that are said on Sunday mornings inside the life of our church, uh, I've always said I want our prayers to raise and to ring, meaning I want to raise them before the throne of God, but I also want them ringing in the in the ears of our peoples. So hopefully they're modeling how to pray robust prayers about many, many things. Yeah. So we've said start with a word that warms us and fuels us into prayer. We've talked about the kind of different uh, aspects of prayer. There's not one just asking God for things, but it includes adoration, confession, thanksgiving, lament, supplication. And, uh, and Catherine, you've talked about uh, the different ways in which we can pray. So you've talked about taking a walk, which is one of my favorites. I have difficulty staying focused, so I regularly take walks. Regularly, uh, these guys have seen me do that. I close the door and I literally just walk in circles and pray out loud. It helps me stay focused. Um, and uh, likewise, you mentioned journaling, writing, writing your prayers. One thing that's been helpful to me practically, I grab any prayer help I can get. I literally have a stack of stuff in there. Uh, Valley of Vision. I just most of the time I have div- difficulty getting going, and so I'll just read those prayers out loud. Sometimes I'll read a psalm or read some of the scripture, and I just pray that back. Uh, I've got these prayers. Somebody gave me a book on prayer for like my kids, so I just read those prayers and pray for my kids. Um, yeah, I, I, anything, something in the news, I just grab that and I pray for that. I get email newsletters, so I keep those in front of me, and I'll just pray those things they ask me to pray. I take any help I can. Joshua Project helps me to pray for the nations. Uh, Operation World does that. If you don't have that book, use it. My family did that before meals. Uh, we prayed through that entire book uh, for every people group around the nation. Uh, I think the important thing that I'm, we're trying to say here, in addition to the adoration, confession, thanksgiving, when you get to the supplication, don't just pray for yourself. Uh, do pray for yourself. <laughs> Pray for all the things around you, but pray for the church, pray for the nations, pray for our country, pray for all kinds of things, and I think you'll be amazed at how that will change things. Yeah. Any other – before we move on to community and rhythm, Catherine, any other things on prayer? i got a few things, but I want to give you the first word. <laughs> the only thing – the only other thing that comes to my mind is um, like praying as I go versus like specific times for prayer. I think we need both. I think we need this intentional – we see Jesus going away to pray to his Father but then we also are totally able to call it, like you are saying, in the middle of the night, I'm feeling this way or I'm worried about this or whatever it may be. Or I'm, I'm excited, praise you, Lord. Like when I'm walking to the metro, that's a time that I yeah. can be praying. So I think um, one thing that I found when I was when I used to commute further to work, I would pray on my way to work and I would have a day. Each day there was a different thing I, I was praying for, like you were saying with the supplication or – so those are just some other things, combination. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, we're, we're talking about prayer a lot in sort of a devotional time. But prayer, the Bible commands us to be pray, in prayer always, pray without ceasing. And so just having that mindset, you're on a walk or you see something or you hear something. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed like literally one word prayers or two words, have mercy, God. Mm-hmm. You know, three words. You know, That's a prayer. Just always be ticking towards prayer all the time, not just in the devotional. Two last helps I would give when it comes to prayer. One is... Uh, I do have another book to recommend from 2019. I'll sneak it in here. Every Moment Holy. And so it's just been a phenomenal help 
for me personally on my family. I've, we've used it in our community group, others. So that's on Amazon. And let's not forget, beloved, one of the bra- greatest prayer helps we have is our church directory. Mm-hmm. And so, so it on the, on the very beginning of it, it has things to pray for our church. And then you have right now you have 137 members that you can pray for by name. You're like, well, I don't know them. Well, pray Bible for them. Pray Bible verses. And then at the very end, that you have ministries that we support. And so that's a great prayer help that you can You have use. our covenant in there that you can pray yes. through. You've got our leaders in there that you can pray through. You've got the, the ministries that we partner with in there. That's yeah. such an incredibly helpful prayer help. Yeah. yeah. All so, right, so we have word yep. coming in, prayer going out, and we're doing it in the community of faith. So in the last couple of minutes, talk about how we can use the rhythms of the church yeah. to, as means of grace for our life. The the Christian life was never, ever, 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 ever meant to be lived alone. Ever. You cannot follow Jesus by yourself. Can't do it. And secondly, I would say you make it already an already difficult task of following Jesus and making disciples. You make an already difficult task even more hard if you're faintly connected to the life of God's people. And so, uh, and by faintly, I mean you just sort of show up on Sundays when you're in town, and you might go to community group once a month, and you're not really trying to get to know other people. And if you do, you kind of know one or two people. Like that kind of a lifestyle, it's just going to be, you're going to take a hard task of following Jesus in a hard world, and you're going to make it even more difficult. And so, therefore, the Christian life was meant to be lived together. God has always been in community with himself. There's the theological truth. We're made in his image. Therefore, we were intended to be in community with one another. And by, yeah, so that's the beauty of the church. That's why church membership is important. That's why accountability is important. And so we've set up a few environments, a couple environments in the life of our church to do this life together. One is on Sunday mornings. That's commanded by God, I believe. Hebrews 10.25 makes that clear. Uh, and then secondly, community groups is a way in which we can love each other. Uh, Jesus says, they will know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. John thirteen thirty five. And so therefore, if you're going to follow Jesus, you got to breathe in the word, you got to breathe out prayer, and you got to be doing that in the confines of other people that you can help follow. You can help them follow Jesus, and they can help you follow Jesus. You need me. I need you. We need each other. And uh, and it's hard, though, isn't it? Amen. Right? It's hard. And it's hard even in this city in particular. Right? Because we think about, like, just the, you know, the, the 45-hour weeks that so many of our folks have. And so it's hard to get to community group. All the babies, you know, just, you know, poof, baby, baby, babies. You're right? They, like, they're crying. They need to go to sleep. They're on schedule. It's hard. It's hard. But we've got to have this discipline of living our life together, making big decisions together. So, guys, when you think about um, life together, right, which is what God is in himself, it's what he's called us to, uh, can you think of some ways in which uh, the community of Restoration Church has helped you follow Jesus? Yes, (laughs) definitely. I think... Um, when I think about living life in community, I think I've seen, like, Hector and I have talked a lot about we will, you know, get outside of the Restoration Church community and be pummeled in the face with all kinds of things that are really difficult about the world and people who think very differently and have very different worldviews. 
And it's good to be around those people and to love those people, but it is helpful when we come back into our community and we're reminded, but this is what Jesus says about that. And this is how we live this out. And so just just loving that restoration can be a place that feels like home mm-hmm. and a place that will keep us keeping our eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've had lots of times where we've needed people to say, like, that's the right move. That's the wrong move. Are you sure you want to do that? How are you loving your husband well? How are you these mm-hmm. asking these hard questions to help keep our eyes on Jesus and loving mm-hmm. him well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, I think of singing on Sundays is such a refreshment mm-hmm. to my soul mm-hmm. uh, to hear the other voices sing. And I know it's refreshing for you all to hear me clap. <laughs> and so, uh, but uh, that, that's honestly, like weekly, I look forward to that. And so I need the community. That, that's unique in the Christian life. So that's one way I think of this. Just the other night, I literally, I was in a, in a, in a meeting and something happened and I was like, I don't know if I sinned. I don't know what happened. And so I personal insight, I called my community group leader, Daniel, and I said, listen, brother, uh, you're my community group leader. You know me well. Personal insight is the product of community. You witnessed this thing happen. Help me understand myself. Mm-hmm. And it was so refreshing mm-hmm. to have that because if I didn't have that, mm-hmm. I would not have been, able, I would have, I would have continued circulating my head as opposed to just having someone help me see my own face. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Thinking of community group too, I can think of, a particular brother that shared uh, something that was just sort of difficult for them. That there was, uh, you know, things that uh, it was stuff that I don't know that it was sinful, but it was stuff that was happening in the life of this brother that needed to be corrected, and it was hard for him to confess it to us because it was kind of awkward. And then uh, we then first off, so first off, the very the courage of him to say it. Secondly, the love of the brothers in that community group in particular. Uh, that created an environment wherein he felt courage to do it. In other words, he knew that he was going to be loved. And then thirdly, what we saw the following couple weeks after that, where the brothers came in. It wasn't me. It was other brothers coming in and just following, how's that going? I've been praying for you in that, which encouraged him to keep going. I've watched that happen. Uh, I've been personally helped by the way in which uh, people have asked about my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're asking how they can pray for it. And how's this going? And how's that going? Um, man, I... It, and I, I say all the time to my to the guys in my community group, I can fool you. I know the right answers, and you're going to think I'm doing fine, and you won't ask me things. And so I'm regularly inviting correction. And so because of the saints at Restoration Church, I love Jesus more. But it's not easy. It's not easy. It's hard. It's inconvenient. Right? Well, Jesus tells us in John 15, yeah. you know, friendship, I'm going to call you friends, but that requires my death. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as we as we as we live this out, just let me encourage you, beloved, to continue using the regular rhythms of our church. So if you think about this, if you go to if you if you go to church each week, you attend a community group and you make connection with somebody else inside the life of our church once per week, that's every other day you're you're in some type of gospel community. Just using the regular rhythms of life uh, to do that. And so mm-hmm. I'll leave you with, with three P's as it comes to our spiritual discipline. You have anything you want to say? One more thing, yeah. Okay. Just, uh, just keep in mind the cumulative effect of these three things. Yeah. Uh, never lose sight of that because if I just walk into one church service or one community group and I go home and I just evaluate what happened there, I might be led to conclude that that was not really worth my time. Yeah. You know, I didn't see anything happen. In the same way that I go home and I see my kids and they look exactly the same. And I might conclude they're not growing, but in fact, I know they are. And so keep in, so- keep in mind the cumulative effect. I've, I use this illustration a lot. Since I moved to Washington, D.C., I could probably count on one hand how many times I missed church on a Sunday 
and uh, and I've been in a community group most every week um, for 15 years, and I've been in the Word and prayer personally, uh, apart from those two things, just on my own, virtually every single day uh, for over a decade. And so when I add all those three things together over the course of, say, the last 10 years, the cumulative effect is the godliness that I now experience. So just keep in mind the cumulative effect of these disciplines. And if you slip on these, first off, there's grace for you. Uh, God loves you. He's for you. He's not needing you to perform for him. But secondly, these things are, as Joey, as you said earlier, they're means of grace to lead us into a deeper love for God. And so uh, you're not going to get it right all the time. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. doesn't mean if you miss tomorrow morning's devotional, like somehow you're terrible. It's not that. Just try to keep in mind the cumulative effect of all these things and what they're doing for your godliness and the help of other people's godliness. Don't lose sight of that. All right. Now I'm done. Go. We even have a reading plan on our web on our website for slackers. So, yeah. Reading plan <laughs> Is it for called slack- the slackers? It's called plan? reading plans for shirkers and slackers. Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, all right. Anything else, Catherine, before I go? No, I think I'm good. All right. Very good. So I'll give you, I'll give you four P's, actually. So plan, we already talked about this, but these are not going to happen unless you have a plan. Whatever that is. They're also not going to happen if you, if you don't make them a priority. That includes, beloved, that includes making the church gathering a priority. Don't let it be the thing that just happens to happen if you happen to be in town and happen to feel like going that morning. Wow, that was a lot of happening. I know. That was pretty good. Uh, but make it a priority. Gather. And then physical. So what do I mean by that? I'm a big fan of having a physical Bible and a physical meeting with people physically. I praise God for those tools. But there's something about a physical presence. You can read your Bible on your phone. But it's not the same as reading a physical Bible because you do so many other things on your phone. I think having a physical Bible is helpful because there's, you're not going to get a phone call on your Bible. Uh, you're not going to get a text message on your Bible. And so I think that's help. And then last, again, Nathan already said it, but to reiterate, the fourth P is the person. Remember, we're doing this to enjoy Christ. Yeah. Don't lose sight of that. This is the way we treasure Christ together. And so your disciplines are not just for yourself. They are for every other church member you have covenanted with so that you might help them treasure Christ as well. That's the mission of our church, right? Restoration Church exists to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Delight in the supremacy of Christ in Washington, D.C. and beyond. So enjoy those disciplines, beloved. If we can be of any assistance to you, let us know how we can. 